from the Boomer and the Babe studio at the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's time for Success or Failure with Tom and Terry. Success or Failure is the show that gives you methods and principles to guide you to your best business and your best self. Now here are Tom Legering and Terry Munther. Oh, hello failure with Tom and Terry. I'm Dr. Terry Munther, along with author and entrepreneur Tom Legering. Each month, we get together on this program to discuss and share ideas for meeting personal and financial goals and improve the quality of our lives. We'll talk about the tried and true concepts found in the book, Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours. And we hope you'll join in the conversation by calling or emailing us with your thoughts at blogtalkradio.com forward slash boomer and babe or www.successorfailure.org. So to all of you who have tuned in and listening, thank you and welcome. Once again, Tom and I are back together. We haven't uh, been together for this show for a few months due to other conflicts, but uh, we're back in the beautiful studios at Sun City Country Club uh, here in Sun City, Arizona in the Phoenix area. And, of course, as usual, the weather's beautiful. And, Tom, thanks for hosting us again. Good to see you again. This is a great honor to be able to do this show. I was talking with, I teach at Eve's Place, and I teach out of the book. Uh, We've been able to help uh, victims of domestic violence get their lives back together. And I don't claim to have all of the facts of of where where they've been and where they're going but uh, recently the the group that's going through the the program has shown so much enthusiasm. I mean, you get people that come in and sit in your class and their arms are folded and they're staring at the floor. Well, okay, say something so I can get the heck out of here. You know, I'm... I'm, And let me me back you up for a minute because I feel like I haven't been here for a while. But again, for people who haven't tuned in before, who may be listening from anywhere... We'll have a couple foundation things. Okay. Tom Tom wrote a book which we talked about in the opening called Success or Failure, The Choice is Yours. It's actually a workbook towards success. And we have used it in the past to teach to various groups, whether they are businesses trying to get better, individuals trying to start businesses, or even folks who need some initial uh, help of just getting started. We've talked to uh, homeless veterans and, and taught the concepts out of the book to them. And the group that uh, Tom is talking about, Eve's Place, is a shelter uh, for victims of domestic abuse. And Tom has gone there uh, very loyally for now, probably two years, I would say. And, and I've done a few of the, the classes there, too. To use the concepts in the book that Tom wrote, which he can talk about a little bit more, but uh, to help those women and men Right. Uh, who are in the shelter to get their lives started again. And by using the workbook and using the st- six steps of the workbook, uh, it's a starting place and a place that they can map out their success for their future. So a little background for those folks. Right. By jumping into Eve's place, I wasn't sure everyone knew what that, that, what that, that would mean. That's so. a very good point. <clears throat> I, I have that tendency to jump in sometimes. <laughs> so that's just, just my normal way of thinking it. it uh, trying to get focused, and that's that's what happened when I wrote the book. I was able to get focused, and I didn't write the book <clears throat> actually for a particular group. I wrote it for my kids so that my children would know that they didn't have to compete with me uh, in business or 
And my only goal for them was that they did what they liked and they were happy doing it and they were productive human beings. So that's that's really all I I try to teach people is what is it that you want to get and how do you make that fit with your being a productive human being and make our society better? It's always how do we give back? How do we get how do we get to a point where we're not on the dole, where we're not the consumers that our government wants us to be, where we're productive human beings and we produce more than we consume? That's yeah, and, and really the the, the crux of, of the book uh, which which is not a new idea, but you do you do it so well that you can just follow through uh, step by step. Is really define what success would mean to you, and then a right. step by step procedure. Once you have that definition firmly in place, a step by step procedure that you can actually map out each step to get to that successful place. Um, you know, I, I was looking back in some of our notes from past classes, and I forgot you actually put this in, which I really liked. It was the question when we're talking about success, whether it be, again, for the folks at Eve's Place or anyone who might be listening. One of the questions you asked it a little bit differently, which would be, what would you choose as your successful goal if you could not fail? Right. Yeah, you know, I mean that's an interesting point. I don't even think we've ever really discussed it from that point of view. We always talk about looking down the road and how much money do you want to make, what car do you want to drive, where do you want to live, blah blah blah, that sort of thing, which makes sense too. But I hadn't really thought about it till I was just kind of looking back through past notes uh, about okay, what would you do if you couldn't fail? Because that always brings in comes into our mind of the why we don't. Uh, well, I don't because I don't have that education, or I don't because I don't have the money to start that. I don't because I'm not smart enough, I'm not skilled enough. I don't because if I fail, my family, blah, you know what I mean? The, yeah. and, and and that's a that's a different perspective I hadn't thought about. If, of, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking, okay, I want a career change, or, uh, you know, I've got no job, what would you choose if you couldn't fail? And then you know, let's start from there. Right. Good, See, good th- this is this is what I'm <clears throat> able to get over to the victims of domestic violence. I mean, you you have to understand that this is an epidemic thing that's going on in our country. There's 25 percent of the human beings in the United States that will be impacted by by domestic violence. And how do you how do you come out of that situation how do you how do you get yourself out of it what i try to do is i tell them did you plan to be here so they're in a shelter right and i say 5 years ago did you plan to be in this shelter no well that was your plan that's you had no plan the no plan is you go where you get what you got mm-hmm. so there's nothing to carry forward but what i'm teaching them is that you can have, in this country, you can have anything you want that you will work for, that you will strategize over and focus as a, as a commitment. And so when I say to people, what would you do, what, where do you want to be in five years if no matter what you strive for, you could get? You knew that you would not fail. And that's the whole point is that's what you can do. Mm-hmm. Every one of us has that in us. And so what I show them is I get them to figure out what what is your vision five years from now? How do you 
How do you see yourself? And then you monetize it. What kind of car you drive it, what kind of house you live in, where do your kids go to school, what clubs do you belong to, what kind of jewelry, down to shoes and purse and rings and things like that. How much? And then you get all those things that you want. That's the stuff of, of success that mm-hmm. we're taught by people that want to sell us stuff. But that is not the things that make us be successful. Successful is being able to produce more than we consume, being a part of society that is help rather than the part that has to take. And these are these are just things that you can make a commitment and be focused. Uh, and that's what I learned from Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. If you focus, you cannot fail because you won't allow it. Yeah. That's why the question is success or failure. The choice is yours. It is that easy. It is a choice that you make. Well, I can't do that. You're right. You're right. That's that's just. <laughs> then you can't. Yeah. You're, you won't. You won't even try because you know you can't. The same thing works, but people don't understand how easy it is to turn that around and say, "Oh yes, I can do that." Not only that, I am going to do that. And then I'm going to be that. Right. And, and also the difference is what we're in this program and in your book, what, what we're not saying is read the book and go do it. Because what it is is, yeah, we can all have those wonderful thoughts about what I want to be, what I want to do, what success is to me. And I can probably even get started down that path. The hard part is sticking with it. The hard part is doing something every day to work toward there. So what we offer in our programs and what you're offering to Eve's place is is support mm-hmm. that they can call, they can email, you know, so we don't just go in and teach a class and say, Okay, let us know how it went in five years. Right. It's no, just like just like a weight loss program or anything else, you have support throughout the six steps to reach your goal where they can contact us or we can come do follow-ups or any of those sorts of things. You know, I I think that's a mandatory thing because everyone has written success books. But if a person just reads the book and says, oh, yeah, that's a great idea and gets started, but doesn't have someone to push, I mean, we're always going to run into, you have it in the the book as well, roadblocks. Everything went well until... You know, I I got sick or I got stuck in this area, I ran out of money, you name it, there's going to be a roadblock. Well, then how do we navigate around the roadblock? And and a lot of times that takes support. You know, that takes somebody else there helping you. Okay, you're stuck, let's get unstuck. Let's find a way around the the boulder sitting in the middle of the road. Right. And, uh, And I think that's, I don't know if it's unique to us, but it certainly is a key part of our program, I think. I don't I don't know of any other program uh for self help and that's what this is. Uh that gives you the roadmap to to your success and also is the sign along the way that says caution and uh speed trap ahead or mm-hmm. you know, where you've got some way to actually talk to the author, actually talk to the people that are in this business of trying to help other people become successful, and it's all for the price of the book. Yeah, you know, a lot cheaper than the t- talking navigation thing on your car. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we can yeah. talk you and navigate you through the six steps, and we don't cost the same amount as the GPS in your car. So right. There you so go. I I I personally handle between 400 and 650 emails a day, and 
It doesn't mean that I sit down and give long dissertations. I mean, it might be a, a ten-word answer, such as, if it is to be, it's up to me. And that's how I start every one of my things. It's, if you want this, you can have it. But you've got to want it. You've got to focus on it. I was talking to a gal last night that she stopped me. She has two kids. She's telling me that she did some of the things that I mentioned. Said she wasn't going to be able to make it to the class. She just was too tired. She got her job, and she's going to over to Mesa and then has to drive all the way back to Glendale. And it's a pretty tough job that she's doing, and she's new, so she has to make sure that she's very productive on the job. And she said that uh, after her first week, she went in and asked her boss that she wanted a, a written update of her her chart. She wanted to see a progress chart on herself so that she would know if she was, you know, doing okay on the job. And the, the boss sat her down and said that he'd never had anybody come in and ask that kind of question before <laughs> and assured her that she was doing a good job. And then she said, well, how can I become better? How yeah, can I perfect. become yeah. more productive? I want to make sure I'm earning my paycheck. And I'm telling you, this boss had never heard that before. Yeah. yeah. So this is a person that's been there one week. She's doing, a, a, I think, a very good job based on what she's telling me and the fact that she's got her paycheck. She showed me her stuff. So she was very happy about that. And she feels like she's getting her life back together, but she said she's so tired. She's got two kids and trying to do all this stuff and put this all back together. And you have to understand, this is new to her. This was a person that was kept and supported by a predator. And then once they take away all of their abilities to protect and, and defend and support themselves, then the predator goes to work on them. Yeah. And that's when the violence starts. And the point is that she's probably, well, she's still in the shelter, so that's 45 days. She's within 45 days. I'm not going to say she's made a recovery, and she's, but she knows the things that's bothering her. She mm -hmm. knows that she has these, these depressions and different things that she's going through, but she also knows where to get the help for that, and she knows how to get herself out of some of these things. Right. So... These are, you know, when you when you talk to people and you actually see that this works on this base level, I'm also telling people that this works on a business level because I've sold quite a few books to people that want to start their own business. And we take them through step one all the way up to beginning a business plan. Right. And they say, well, how can you take that much time with everybody? Well, Everybody gets 24 hours, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's how much, how many of them do we use in a proper manner? So, I, like I say, I've I've just had so many good experiences by going to my uh, class. It's a once a week thing, but and the class changes. Sometimes I'll have 20 people, and there'll be there'll be men and women in the class. Some like last night, I just had five people. There was one man and four ladies, but. A lot of times the ladies can't be in a group with another male because they feel intimidated. Yeah. But the, the male was new to the group and he was accepted. So uh, 
just as another victim, you know, yeah. so they accept them in like that. But the thing is that with this book, what we're finding is that because we're mostly donating our time, is that we need to think about it as as a business. And what I do with the money that gets raised from it is it goes into uh, uh, to help autistic kids learn social and motor skills through the game of golf that we teach here at Sun City. And that brings me to another subject. This uh, next uh, May 11th, on a Saturday at nine thir- at uh, seven thirty, we're having a uh, helping autistic kids golf tournament, and here at Sun City Country Club. And the money that gets raised for this will go to a program that helps autistic kids. And that's that's really uh, the end point of why I wrote the book. I mean, other than trying to help my kids, and then I found it has all these other facets that it can help. It can help. We've We've taught, Terry's done a great job of teaching at a, a local uh, college, uh, Rio Salado College, and mostly those are senior citizens. So you say, well, how can senior citizens benefit? I mean, they're working life and they're, but when you talk to them and you tell them, do you have, is this what you envisioned in your retirement age? Is this, are you happy doing what you're, what you're doing. And it's not surprising there's not a lot of happiness out there. Yeah, or, I mean, there's actually another thing we found in doing those classes, though, that people were extremely happy. Some. But one of the reasons that they were is they now had the time to do some things that they wanted to do that they had never been able to do. So, I mean, one of the, the ladies in one of my classes wanted to learn to play the piano. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when I asked the question, are you happy with your retirement? Yeah, I'm really happy because now I can learn to play the piano, but I just don't know where to get started. Mm-hmm. And so we used the book and we used the class to say, so you want to play piano? And, and that's we, the goal. That's the goal. That's And that was her vision of success yeah. for that goal, right? right? So we went through all six steps and, uh, you know, what it would look like, what songs she wanted to play. Mm-hmm. What, what would you like to play? What do you envision yourself sitting there playing? I mean, besides, you know, it's not that Mary had a little lamb. You want right. to play what? She says, well, I want to play Christmas carols when the kids come over for Christmas. Yeah. I want to be able to sit down at the piano and play and have everybody sing. All right. That's that's perfect. Well, yeah. then what's it take to learn to play the Christmas carols? Yeah. And, you know, so you start right from there off of, off of step one. And, and so and go through the whole class or, or the whole book or the workbook as as, as we put it together. And uh, But it can be right on that level. Yeah, it can be. You that's know, the it beauty can, of it. can be from starting over, like some of, of the folks at Eve's Place are, right. or the, the homeless folks that yeah. we've worked with. Events. Or it can be, I'm just happy as heck, but now I have an opportunity, and for me that opportunity would be playing the piano. Yeah. and <laughs> Or and, learning the game of golf. I mean, whatever it it, it works at all of those spectrums. It, that's that's what I think that that's as close as we can come to say it's a universal book because it's not. I I I studied and and live by Think and Grow Rich, but Napoleon Hill, uh, who wrote his book in his first one was in 1925, and his later one was uh, uh, 1938. 37, I guess it was. Anyway, the point of it is is the whole focus back then was making money. In other words, 
obviously you'd be happy if you made money. Well, I found out in my life that just chasing money, just it's tiring. So you you make money and then you have then you have to buy stuff or you have to protect your money from somebody taking your money or this and that. Uh, then it's more problems than it's happiness. So what my wife and I found out is when we go, went through the book and looked at it ourselves and said, well, do we are we happy spending fifteen or twenty thousand a month on lifestyle? Yeah. Well, people said, well, God, wasn't that? Weren't you upset that you were spending that much money, just wasting it? <laughs> and I said, well, I was making eighty-five thousand net, so why did I care? Yeah. You know. So the whole point is, what difference does it make how much? Once you got food, clothing, and shelter, and you're happy with your surroundings. Now you have time to be productive. Right. So the other thing I'm teaching these my my victims of domestic violence there at Eve's place is how do you get ahead? How do you get ahead just by working? Well, part of it is you save 10% of your funds. And they say, well, I can't save. And I said, well, why is that? Why can't you? Well, I need every penny to do everything I'm doing. So did you buy any beer this week? All of a sudden, well, yes. Was the beer you bought 10% or 5% of the money that you earned? Well, it was actually more. You know, so the point is that you just got to start at a place. If if the government tells us that no matter what our lifestyle, no matter what our earnings, we spend 60% of our income on our lifestyle. So if you make a million dollars, you spend six hundred thousand on lifestyle. If you make uh, twenty or thirty thousand, you're going to spend sixty percent. If you make less than thirty thousand, you're going to probably spend all of your money on just trying to eat and have shelter. So, you know that that's a different level. But as you start moving up, even if you're in the bottom level, under thirty thousand. You got to save three thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and what the government says: sixty percent for lifestyle, thirty percent for taxes. That leaves you ten, and six of it is going to go, or seven of it's going for insurance, and three percent is discretionary for investing. And I'm just saying that part of that is to think your way through that maze and find things to invest in that you don't have to pay as much tax on, tax advantage savings, such as an IRA or different kind of things where you get a deduction uh, from your taxes and you get to invest that money. So the different ways that you want to do it, whatever it is, you have to save 10%. So you start out thinking, how do I structure my life? And what you do is you, you get enough money so that you can invest it. The goal is to have your money make as much as your salary so your money goes in so you don't have to. And how many years does it take before it would do that? Is there an amortization or anything? That oh, you can, yeah, you, you can uh, look at, at several tables, but I can tell you in my lifestyle or lifetime, I started at 19 in the Army, Red Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and I had my program, I wanted to have it was simple back when I was doing it. I said I'm one, I made 8000 as a journeyman carpenter. 
I didn't make that much because I was in the Army. I was making $79 a month, <laughs> whether I needed it or not. And so when I got out and became a journeyman carpenter, I figured out that I wanted to have $100,000 that earned 8%, which in today's world people say, boy, you're really crazy. But that was the average for the 40 years prior to that. That's the average that savings earned. So I figured if I made 8% on my money, that's $8,000 a year, and that would be that's how much I had to earn to do that. And I didn't mind putting it in the bank because things were different back then. So now you have to have it invested in a different type of a vehicle. But it could be invested in your in your college education. It could be invested in uh, in a business that you want to start for yourself. It could be invested anyway. But the the progression of it is, I figured my my goal was hundred thousand making eight percent. That's that's how you have to start, and then you have to figure out which which vehicle is going to get you there. But I wound up made a mistake because I thought I'd be there when I was forty. That was my goal, so I could save so much a year, and then by the time I'm 40, I'd you could have $100,000 in the bank by the time you were 40. That was, was goal. that was my okay. goal, and I knew that at first it wouldn't be quite as much. Mm-hmm. But knowing the thing, it's called compound interest. If you learn about compound interest, that means the money is earning money, then and then the earnings start making money. So sure. it's not just you putting in 10% every month. It's or every paycheck or every dollar you get, a dime goes into your fund, and I call it the me fund. Mm-hmm. So this is what's going to support me. Mm-hmm. And as you go through that, and and the whole problem I had is I got there when I was 27. So I had this 13-year problem. Well, it was because I didn't know what else to do. See, that was the whole point. Yeah. I had my whole life together, and. I didn't know, well, what should I do with this stuff? So I just laid around the house and got fat and, you know, well, I don't have to work anymore. Well, my money was working. Well, that bothered me because I want to be productive. And so then I I started a a new goal, but it was another money goal. So it took me until I was 50 to figure out I don't want to keep chasing money because I'm I'm past food, clothing, and shelter, and what I need and what my family needs and all these other things. So there's got to be something else. And that's when I started evolving into these these different thought processes. Yeah. But I'm trying to help people not get to be my age to have to figure this stuff out. Yeah. So. Well, it's a good point. I mean, to, to reiterate again, so for somebody, now we're talking fi- financial, but that that's of interest to most folks. Um if you're out there and you're listening, what you're basically saying is whatever your income is now, mm-hmm. try to put away 10% annually or per month or however it comes per, out. Per money. Anytime so money comes in. Use round numbers, which yeah. would be a lot of money. A person making $100,000 a year at the end of the year, January to December, would have $10,000 in the bank. Mm-hmm. Or in a savings yeah. mode. Or any fraction of yeah. that, depending on whatever they're... Their, their income, income was. Yeah. yeah. And it couldn't wouldn't be nece- you're right, not necessarily in the bank but invested in, yeah. in a returnable. Some, sometimes commodity. if it's if it's if it's lower numbers and there's no real place you can put it to make it go to work, then you just start an, an IRA account so that it mm-hmm. is setting somewhere. And later on, you know, there's so many different places that that you can learn about investing your money. But the main thing is I think it was Will Rogers said, 
when he lends out money, his biggest problem is not how much interest he's going to get, return on his investment, but return of his investment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he, you, you have to be safe at first. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes if you have a little amount, you know, you go buy a lottery ticket, well, you know that's going to be gone. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not saying don't buy a lottery ticket. I'm saying that's not the way to invest. Right. So what you do is you save your 10% and you try to find vehicles that will help you, that you can do some investing. And the point is people just think that, well, I'm busy. You know, I, my whole life is busy. I'm busy from daylight to dawn. But they don't schedule a time for themselves, me right. time. I mean, it, yeah. you Which have to be have, a planning time for yeah, something like that. It's, yeah. it's when you sit down and say, well, what do I want? See, and that's the, the biggest hurdle that I've been able to help people bridge is when they visualize where they want to be in five years and how much all that stuff costs per month, and then I say, okay, if, if what you're visualizing costs 5000 a month and you're only capable of making 1500 to 2000 even at $2,000, you got a $3,000 gap a month. Right. Well, how are you going to make that bridge in five years? That's that's Now we got to a problem that we can start working on. Maybe you have to go to college. Maybe you have to get some new skills. Maybe you want to become a welder. Maybe you want to look into the marketplace and see what jobs don't we have anymore. And then what do your skills uh, lead you to? What do you want to, what kind of profession or what kind of a skilled trade do you want to be in? Because we've lost a lot of our skilled trades. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that are doing... I was talking to a gentleman today, and he started a business that he'll come out to your house and do an oil change. Well, that doesn't sound like a, a, a big change, but he doesn't have to take your oil pan off or unscrew a bunch of stuff to get the oil. He just puts an extractor in and sucks it out. Oh, really? And I said, does yeah. that take out the all the metal parts and all the bad stuff that's in the oil? And he says, yeah. And then when they're done, they do unscrew the bottom so they can put a filter in and do things like that, oil filter in it. And they, they do all this stuff. And they, I mean, that's a business. How many how many times do you see brick-and-mortar businesses yeah. where you have to drive in to get an oil change? And here's a guy that comes to your house, and there's no mess. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't have to worry about him. You know, causing oil spills, or and then the oil is taken to a place where it's reclaimed, mm -hmm. and they they wash it mm -hmm. and do the things they need, take out the bad stuff, and put in some more good stuff, yeah. so it can be reused. So there's there's different applications. That's a job that he just figured out yeah. how to do That's it. That's a great idea. You know? But I want to get back to your savings. Now. Yeah. Okay. So I imagine many people who would be listening or people we work with would say, great idea. I can do 10%, you know. Mm -hmm. And, Tom, I saved 10% last month. But you know what happened? The refrigerator went out. Yeah. And what yeah. am I going to do? I don't have $1,000 anywhere, but the $1,000 I just saved up. So mm -hmm. I had to use it for the refrigerator. You know, and you're always going to have those. So how do you answer that, or what would your well, response be? There's, there's always things in life where it's easy to dip into your savings. Right. And, I, I mean, if it's if somebody's going to rob your house and, and they're going to take all of your stuff or your refrigerator goes out or any of those things, 
what I've done in the past when I was really scrimping for pennies and I had to take go into my nest egg because I had it in my sock drawer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was really working hard in yeah. there. And I would go in, I put a note in it and I owed the I owed the note. That's what I was wondering. So, yeah. Uh it's any kind of a game you have to play with yourself. I mean, I'm not so going to do it. I had to spend out. that 10%, but now over the course of maybe the next five or six months, I've got to put in 2% more. Yeah, I got. To, I got. I will put a, a time limit on when I might even have to, heaven forbid, go out and get a second job. Yeah. Because I owe me. Huh, you point. know? Yeah. I don't yeah. owe the IRS or I don't owe these, I, I don't owe need the a bank new, of Tom or Terry. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. that's because exactly it. I you like owe that. yourself and you're working now for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so when that paycheck is done, there's gotta be something for you for I mean we're not working in the coal mine sixteen tons and then we die. <laughs> you know that you know keep keep producing so we can spend more. And that's the whole point of this is I'm trying to get people to just not how to figure like this one lady was talking to me last night. I um, just got this, and but if I could just buy this sleigh bed, I, then everything would be fine. I said, no, it wouldn't. It wouldn't help at all. In fact, it's going to set you back. And so I had to basically talk her out of that and say, you can have that as a prize once you've taken care of your depression. <coughs> You've got mm-hmm. your depression under under control. Once you have your job secured and you have that, once you have your food, clothing, and shelter for yourself, and now you've got your self-confidence back, then you start working on your kids, then you can have your sleigh bed. Mm-hmm. You can buy stuff. I'm not telling people not to buy things that make them happy, but I'm telling them not to buy things to make them happy because it doesn't work that way. And I asked her, I said, did you ever buy something with the idea that it was going to make you happy in your whole life? She said, that's all I've ever done. Oh, sure. That's all I've ever done. I bought things to make me happy. And I said, well, give me an example. She said, well, I bought a a BMW automobile. And all my family told me I couldn't do it. And I felt so happy because I proved that they were wrong. I said, well... Did that, after a while, when you got that big monthly payment, did that make you happy? She said no. So I said, I want you to see that before you do it. So I'm not saying don't buy a BMW. I'm saying if a a Ford or some other kind of car is going to get you to where you want to go, A to B, get that. And put that money aside. You know, I I wrote that down because I like that quote even. You know, don't buy things to make you happy. It's okay to buy things. You know, that would make you happy. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point because so many, and I, I would put myself in that. You know, we, we go to a store and I see that new shiny set of golf clubs or whatever. <laughs> yes. that, would make, that would make me happy. <laughs> but, you know, where am I going to find that money right now? Or, what you know, what would we not do or whatever? Those yeah. Are, but, yeah, very good. We, I think so many of us do that. It's a really, really good point. So. Huh, good point for the day. I wrote that one down, Bob. <laughs> okay. Nice quote. Nice, well, you know, uh, to back up just a little bit, I was rummaging through stuff, of course, as I get ready for our programs each month. And, and, and the experience that I have in doing this is in my previous life <clears throat> as a uh, an educator, but also I, I did uh, many 
workshops and trainings for teachers and administrators and eventually got to doing strategic planning for school districts, for whole organizations, large organizations, <clears throat> millions and millions of dollars, obviously. Um, and, and in going back into my one of my initial research when I was doing strategic planning training for school districts, part of the the model we were using and the research we were using, which I can almost read some of this to you, was drawn from the 1960 General Electric model oh. that tells how an organization will attain its goals and objectives, taking into account an analysis of the internal, external environment of the organization. Put another way, the organization analyzes strategic factors that affect its planning process. So that's kind of the general electric model. When you break that down then to a, a regular school district or a personal model, what you're really talking about is strategic visioning then, mm -hmm. which is really what we're talking about in our training, your right. book, uh, which is not what is, but what could be or should be. So when I would go talk to school district and, and we would start with staffs and school boards, elected mm -hmm. officials, I don't want to talk, well, no, I didn't say that because that's not right. Let's talk about what is. Mm -hmm. Here's what we are. Yeah. Now let's talk about what we could be or should be. That's strategic visioning. But isn't that really step one of your book? And and I started putting those together, and I said how all these concepts put together. I mean, you you talk about Napoleon Hill, and here I look back in my research, and a lot of it's taken from General Electric development, yeah. you know, right. and and it's all tried and true methods, as we say in the opening. But that struck me that how close the two were, how parallel, but even more importantly, how much that makes sense. If it made sense for General Electric in the '60s, and it makes sense for large organizations, because the reason we did strategic planning. Not necessarily that the school district was a failing school district. They just wanted to get better. And so we had to take a look at, let's do an analysis of what we are and where we're at. Uh, let's look at our test scores. Let's look at our libraries. Let's look at our uh, age and, and uh, qualifications or experience, not age, I'm sorry, but qualifications, uh, experience, talents of our staffs. Uh, and what are we today? And then... Is that what we want to be? Well, no, we need to improve in the area of math, or we really would like to, to improve in these skill sets, or we really would like to have our libraries be uh, much more uh, updated technologically. You know, okay, then those were goals, weren't they? Right. Those were success. How long will it take us to get there? That was always a question. And then we would start off with, well, to do that in our libraries, that would cost $5 million. Okay, what's our budget? What are we spending now? Where are we spending it? And then all of a sudden maybe we started to say maybe we could spend less in this area mm -hmm. and we can put a million dollars a year away for five years or right. start buying a million dollars a year worth of new equipment whether yeah, it be, phase it in. Yeah, phase it in. And at the end of five years, will it look like what we want it to look like? Yeah. Yep, it will. That's strategic planning. And and organizations do that. Every organization should do it. Should. Um, and that's what I did. I mean, it was not just what I did. I was teaching yeah, and doing other stuff. <laughs> but that, that was a did. large part of, of our trainings 
was strategic planning. And really, that's what we're talking about with individuals. That's what we're doing at Eve's Place. That's what we're doing when we do our little college classes or for senior citizens or we do it for organizations. We're strategic planning for ourselves, Mm -hmm. the me type. We're saying, what are you now? What am I today? Today, I am, you know, a retired, you know, baby boomer. and plays good music. Plays good music. Yeah, plays good music. And and what do I want to be? Do I want to learn to play that piano now? You know, or do or I don't even mean to make light of that, but I mean that's important. Mm-hmm. But it also could be a person who right now is unemployed. What am I right. today? I'm an unemployed college graduate yeah. with a degree in you know physical education. What what can I do? Mm-hmm. And is okay. What do I want to do? There's the there's right. the tackle. and 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 right out of that same same book that I was teaching from, the the question then we said, what is it that you as an organization could and should be if all resources were available? Mm-hmm. Well, most people immediately jump in and say, well, they're not available. You know, we deal with taxpayer monies, and we only have a budget of $20 million. All resources are not available. Are you crazy? What did we hire you for? And and you're right. But we have to start our thinking as if they were. That's Because otherwise you throw up roadblocks immediately. We can't because we can't afford it. Yeah. I can't because I can't save 10%. Yeah. Um, I'm too too busy. I can't. So if we think what could be and should be from what is, and what would it be if all resources were available? Yeah. Well, then you still you can truly envision that library that you want or the technology in the school that you want or that job that you want. Or the business and how you want yeah. it to be. Okay, but I, I know I can't do it now. But I don't have all those resources. Got it. Got it. Throw that aside for just a minute. Okay, here it is. I want to do this. In what amount of time? And then what do we do? We start working backwards, right, from that five-year, one-year, whatever point in time to what I have to do each year, each month, each day to get there. And 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 then let's start building a plan. Isn't the second job? Is it taking money from one resource to put in another? Is it additional education? And that's the planning process. I mean, it's, 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 as I said, tried and true. It's not unique. I think it's interesting how many different takes there are on a very, uh, what do I want to say, similar idea and thought. And that means if, if GE is doing it, and Napoleon Hill was doing it back in the 40s, 50s, 60s now, yeah. and all the self-help books after that, the yeah. point the point is same thing. We have to have strategic visioning about what we want to be. We've got to throw out the idea of thinking about resources. Mm-hmm. And then start planning to get there. Yeah. The the I can't is you're right. Yeah. And yeah. the I can is you're also right. Yes. And so you have to, so like you're saying, why strategic visit, visioning? If you don't know where you're going, you're already there. Exactly. If you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. That's it. it doesn't, <laughs> unless somebody decides to make it less. But, but, I mean, that's a key point in the whole process is, yeah, okay, now I can envision what I want, but the the big realization that has to hit is then I can't do what I've always done. There we go. Got to make some changes. Got to make some changes. And and one of them 
See, and that's what what I what I put out is the ten two letter words. If it is to be, it's up to me. Right. And then the the eleventh two letter word is no. It's no to predator uh, relationships. It's no to people that ask you to do stuff that and make you feel bad because you don't do it or don't want to do it in your family relation. Oh well, you have to go here. You. No, you don't have to do anything. Right. You only have to do what you want to do. You have to take care of you first and all our other obligations. If I can't make me happy, I can't make other people happy because what I give them is not going to be 100% of me. Right. I'm only going to give them begrudgingly what they've talked me into. That isn't what I want to do. And then it won't be done to the manner that you that you're envisioning for yourself, because you don't have a strategic vision for yourself, right. and by strategic means us getting specifically down to the the, the simple what is. Yeah. Here's here's what my life is. Is this what I want? No. What do I want? If I don't have an alternative, I'm going to have this life I don't want. Right. Another thing I tell people, and being strategic or in a very logical, strategized way, planning Mm -hmm. to get there, and that's really as simple as, like I've I've talked to several people and they said, well, you know, your book could be, you know, a lot larger than it is and explain more. No, I don't need to explain more. I don't go into the reasons why. It's this stuff works. So if it works. And and you've got a lot of extra time. You can figure out why it worked for you, <laughs> you know. But for me, it's this works, and I got the fewest amount of words in it. So what we're trying to do now is do some strategic visioning for the book and for the company. So right. so let's let's move on to that. I think we had some good points today. Yeah, I appreciate I, you bringing some things up too, and and kind of getting into the. The final segment here, if you will. I know you had some things you wanted to bring up, and you just started right. before I interrupted you. No, it, it, it's it's exactly what what we're talking about. Um, the 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 proceeds that the that this book generate go to help autistic kids, and that, like I say, if I don't sell enough books, I put on a golf tournament because I'm basically going to figure out strategically how to help <laughs> autistic kids. That's part of my that's part of my mission in life is uh, I know that, that if you teach them social and motor skills and you get their their brains to actually work the proper way, they get their little wires connected, they are very, very productive human beings. And I, I love uh, being able to work with them and trying to give back in that manner. But for our, our book, and it as a business, so we're talking about strategically looking at the book as a business, okay? What has it got to support? It has to support a team of people that want to uh, actually move it forward to the next step. And what's the next step is how do you get this out to as many people as need help? And I think with 20 million people unemployed, that would be a fair start. You know, that's the kind of marketplace that's available. If, if, And then all the people that are working, are you just really happy there? I mean, I've, I've worked here at Sun City Country Club trying to turn this place around. I think 
I, done I think, nice I've, job. think I've done that. Yep. And now it's time for me to move on and bring in some people here that will just maintain and improve on what I've done. And it's up to a point where it can pay somebody to do it because my work has been for no pay for <laughs> five and a half years. So now that it, it actually is a business instead of a, uh, a turnaround operation, uh, then I'm I'm basically ready to go to the next step. And that's the same thing with the book. I, I'm looking at some other things to do uh, besides the book. So I, I'm looking for a CEO, people that have some uh, nonprofit experience, uh, somebody that can look at a, a book that has the ability to change people's lives. And it's a very small book. And the way we do it is we give back like in, in various ways of not just selling you a book and then cut you loose. We sell you the book and then we are your mentor as you move forward. So it's not, yeah. I was thinking of telling people, oh, well, we'll mentor you for a week or a month. I can't even get the people to open the book for a month. <laughs> I mean, Or start and then they yeah, stop. The, yeah. Well, that's the first thing on the book cover. It it has this little diagram, and the first thing says start. I can't get them to start. So once I get them to start, they say, well, yeah, I need that. So the people that are in the in the shelter, they really know they need it. And so it's a matter of figuring out how you can do it. <coughs> what I'd like to say to our audience is that if you know some people that have an interest in and you can download the book. You can go on uh, successorfailure.org, www.successorfailure.org, and download the book. It's like $9.95. And you go through it and see how it applies to you. See how it helps you with your life. And if you know of some person that would be a good person to help promote this, um, and I'm not looking for, uh, I don't have a criteria uh, of what that person would look like or sound like or it's what they want to accomplish. If they can read the book and figure out what they want to accomplish. I worked with the lady at Eve's place last night. She's one of the people that works there as a social worker. And she hasn't been going to my classes, but she was reading the books and then she was, she was having group meetings with the people after they go to the class and they're trying to figure out how to do stuff. And she said, I've never seen anything change people as much as this is. And so it it's just the fact that they're now working together and networking and, and showing how much how strong that is. So it's uh if anybody in the audience uh, knows of a person, please email this. Uh you can email me this at uh uh, you you see either the uh, the email address on the book or directly to me, Tom at SunCityCountryClub.org. And do you have a person that that should uh, talk to me? Just give them that email address. Have them contact me, and I'll be in touch with them usually in 24 hours. So um, I think okay. that's that's really what I want to go. Okay. But to to go back over and just kind of the things that that we've talked about today is we talked about the idea of the one that you got from me uh, 
about what's making you happy. And then what I've got from you is this idea of strategic planning, strategic visioning. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is is really golden because I will be able to use that in my good. next class. Yeah, good. I, I, I think that's a good word, strategic visioning. It's not, not mine, obviously. <clears throat> I know that General Electric probably used it, but I know the, the school directors from Washington State have used it, and, and I'm sure many others. And, but it's just for me that, that when I reread my strategic visioning information, that it, it really hit home with what we're talking about in the whole planning process and the success or failure book and, and our workshop material. I like that you brought up, though, though, I liked our financial discussion because I think so many people who are trying to join with us in their their trip to success, if you will, always have finances on their mind, right. you know, and and so just the talking about how we can start saving dollars to reach success as well is, is another piece of that, right. um, and, and because a lot of times we think of the steps as getting the next job, of get, going to school, whatever that we talk to people about, but we don't think about you can also do it by investing and saving and and for you bringing that up today it was really interesting so i appreciate that so we covered a lot of ground today um i hope it was enjoyable to anyone listening as it was for us it was talking about it yeah me too (laughs) so anything else no i think that's the main well let's put a wrap on it again thanks for joining us we want to thank you for listening and joining us on success or failure with tom and terry we hope you'll join us next month uh which the last Wednesday of each month at 9 o'clock we go live, but you can listen to it anytime on www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash boomer and babe. In the meantime, feel free to comment, join in our discussion, contact us by emailing us at successorfailure.org. And once again, this is Dr. Terry Munther and Tom Legering reminding you that success or failure, the choice is yours. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Success or Failure with Tom Legering and Terry Munther. Success or Failure is a Boomer and the Babe Enterprises radio production. Contact them at boomerandthebabe.com.